Okay, so this is week two of our sermon series, The Bible on Broadway. Last week we talked about the theology to be found in the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. In case you're wondering, next week we're going to be talking about Wicked, and two weeks we're going to be talking about Frozen. Um, But today we're talking about 1957's West Side Story with music by Leonard Bernstein and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim in his Broadway debut. West Side Story is truly a a classic of the genre. The original production was nominated for six Tony Awards. It won two for Best Choreography and Best Scenic Design. But believe it or not, as popular as it has been since its debut, West Side Story uh, actually did not win Best Musical that year. The Music Man won Best Musical that year. 1957 was clearly a terrific year for musicals. Uh, With memorable numbers like Tonight and America and I Feel Pretty, which Brian really wanted to sing at the beginning, but we decided on Maria instead. (laughs) He totally could have pulled it off. Uh, West Side Story (laughs) has been part of American pop culture for 65 years now. Uh, The 1961 film version was a smash hit and it contributed greatly to the enduring popularity of this musical. You may know that Steven Spielberg did an excellent remake of uh, West Side Story that came out this past December, but the original film is the iconic version. Starring Natalie Wood as Maria, the film version won 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Supporting Actress for Rita Moreno, who's also in the remake, which was released 60 years later, and she still sounds terrific. If you've never seen West Side Story, uh, don't worry, here's what you need to know. The plot's pretty straightforward, takes place over the course of two days. It's set in New York City in the 1950s, and it's set in a neighborhood uh, being contested by two rival gangs. The Sharks are a gang of recent Puerto Rican immigrants. The Jets are a gang of white kids from the neighborhood. Uh, The Sharks are led by a guy named Bernardo. The Jets were co-founded by two guys named Riff and Tony. Riff is the current leader Tony has left the gang and is trying to change his life. And very early in the show, uh, at a high school dance, Tony meets and immediately falls madly in love with Bernardo's sister, Maria. And it truly is immediately and madly in love. So this is from the movie, 1961 is on the left, 2021 is on the right. After the dance that night, Tony goes to the fire escape outside Maria's window. It's an iconic scene. Uh, They sing a duet about their eternal love for each other in the classic number, Tonight. Brian and McKenna are going to sing that in a little bit. Um, the, The version they're singing doesn't include these lines, but this is in the musical the way it opens. Tony and Maria sing to each other. They met like five minutes ago. They sing to each other, only you, you're the only thing I'll see forever in my eyes, in my words, and in everything I do, nothing else but you forever. As our family watched the original movie several years ago, Max, who was, he's our oldest son, he was 11 years old at the time, he asked a very logical question. He said, wait, didn't they just meet? (laughs) I'm like, yes, son, exactly. It doesn't work like that. Please don't do that. But this is a musical, uh, and there's lots of very earnest emotion that must be expressed in a very compressed amount of time. So they're in love. Uh, The next day, the Sharks and the Jets meet in this prearranged rumble uh, for control of their territory. It's supposed to be just a fist fight. 
But in the heat of the battle, knives come out and Bernardo kills Riff. Tony, who had only gone there at Maria's request to stop the fight, in a moment of rage, kills Maria's brother, Bernardo. And so the dilemma for Tony and Maria, who have just pledged their eternal love for each other the night before, is what to do next. Now, the animosity between the Sharks and the Jets uh, is because they're in rival gangs, and the gangs are broken down along ethnic lines, and so uh, racism certainly shows up as one of the plot points in West Side Story, a bit more in the remake than in the original, in my opinion. Uh, but the musical itself is not really about racism. If it really was about racism, I doubt it would have been as popular as it's been for the past 65 years, but that's a different sermon. You may know that West Side Story is based on Shakespeare's famous tragedy, Romeo and Juliet, and uh, Romeo and Juliet has two warring groups, but they're not teenage gangs separated by ethnicity. Uh, in Romeo and Juliet, it's two rival families in Italy. And so the, the main theme of West Side Story is really about the groups that define us, groups that we're either born into or that we choose for ourselves, the groups that, that sustain us and nurture us and give us our identities, that's the good, but then groups that also categorize us and divide us from each other, and in some extreme cases, destroy us. The list of groups that define us and that shape our identities is usually quite long. It's different for all of us, of course. For all of us, though, it starts with family. It includes uh, nation, ethnicity, religion, college, political party. The list goes on and on. And it's from these groups um, that we get our sense of self. It's that we, from these groups that we get our values and our understanding of right and wrong and our loyalties. So in my case, I was born into a family of, of mostly Irish-American descent, or at least that's the one that we uh, claim the most. I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church because my stepfather is Catholic, but most of the rest of my, or all, the rest of my family is kind of a mishmash of various uh, non-Catholic Protestant churches. So as adults, Whitney and I chose the United Methodist Church as our religious group. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever heard me mention this before. I went to the University of Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, I've been devoted to the Fighting Irish ever since. Football resumes just a handful of weeks from now. I'm excited about that. But when I married a girl from Ann Arbor whose father taught at the University of Michigan for almost 40 years and whose family and friends are all fierce Wolverine fans, uh, I had to make many concessions for love. Notre Dame, Michigan is not exactly the Sharks and Jets but on Saturdays in the fall, it's pretty close. And then finally, uh, regarding my own personal politics, I am just kidding. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about that from the pulpit. <laughs> so all of the groups that, um, to which we claim, or with which we claim affiliation, both the groups that we're born into and the groups that we choose for ourselves are vitally important in our lives. They shape us, they help form our identity, they nurture us, they sustain us, they give us our values, uh, and they help us make our way in a world that really is designed for us to navigate in community because going it alone is no way to live. 
But however many other groups we may claim, there is one that supersedes them all, one that takes priority over and must correct and guide the others. I'm talking, of course, about the faith that we're baptized into and then later confirmed as we claim the Christian faith for ourselves. As followers of Jesus, we are all part of God's family, and as part of that group, there is this uh, well-defined set of expectations that should carry over into all the groups that we claim for ourselves. So, one of those lists of expectations shows up in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. Um, Listen, friends, for the Word of God as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the Apostle Paul. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink, for by doing this you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the original film version of West Side Story, there's a a poignant moment uh, after Bernardo and Riff have been killed. Uh, Doc's drugstore is considered neutral ground by the two gangs, and so consequently Doc uh, has a relationship with both the Sharks and the Jets. And after the senseless deaths of these two gang leaders, two kids who have not even graduated from high school yet, Doc uh, mournfully confronts the Jets. He says, why do you kids act like there's a war on? If there's plenty that's, that's good about being part of a group that defines us, there's a downside, uh, a bad side as well. Sometimes the more fervently we hold our specific group identity, the more we dismiss or even disdain members of other groups, which is to say, uh, sometimes the more deeply we come to love us, the more suspicious or even uh, belligerent we become about them. This is the the shadow side of the good in the groups that we choose, that that we sometimes feel as though in order to be committed and loyal to us, we must dislike or even hate them. The bad side of the groups that we choose is that they can, they have the power to become incredibly divisive. And this is certainly the main plot point in West Side Story. Sometimes this bad side of our group affiliation even turns ugly. 
through um, bigotry or hate or violence. Over the past few years, we've seen uh, rising tension, sometimes violence in our country, uh, driven by differences of race and religion and politics. And sometimes uh, we have blind spots about how other groups are treated, about how bad things have gotten because it's not specifically part of our experience. And I'll give you an example of this. Um, the Atlanta spa shootings 15 months ago, you may remember that, it raised um, national awareness of the problem of anti-Asian violence. When that tra tragedy happened, I didn't realize how bad that violence was. That's on me. I, I should be better educated about that. But I read a study um, last month, it came out in June, that found that 16% of Asian American adults were victims of hate crimes in 2021. Uh, that's a shocking number. It's one that I had not seen before. And it's just one example of how uh, people are targeted because they're, they're part of a particular ethnic group that other people view as the other. Another example, you probably know that, that anti-Semitism has been on the rise. Uh, last fall, the American Jewish Committee released a report on the state of anti-Semitism in America. It found that uh, one in four, one in four American Jews had personally experienced anti-Semitism in the previous year, while four in ten of all Americans had personally witnessed anti-Semitic incidents. Anti-Semitism is a, a depressingly persistent evil in our world, and it's, it's not one that's confined to the history books. It's a present evil as well. And then, of course, we all know this, political tensions in America are as high as I remember in my lifetime, surely the highest they've been since the 1960s, with scholars and law enforcement officials on guard for uh, increasing incidents of political violence in the coming couple of years with each election. It's one thing to, to disagree about public policy that's been that way since the beginning of the Republic. Um, it's quite another, of course, as we all know, to target people who hold opposing views with harassment or hate or violence. The bad side of the groups that define us can turn ugly, specifically when we come to see the other, whoever the other is for us, as the enemy. In extreme cases, they have the power to destroy us. And as Christians, as we all know, we're called to a higher standard. Well, by the time Paul wrote his letter to the Romans, he had seen this ugly side of groups. The Roman Empire uh, persecuting Christians was bad enough, clearly. But even within the Christian congregation in the city of Rome, Christians who had converted from Judaism uh, seemed to have been at odds with Christians who had converted from paganism. That is, uh, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians had divisions and animosities even within the community of faith. And so, uh, in his letter to the Romans, Paul tells all Christians how they ought to live together regardless of their differences. My Wesley st Study Bible calls the section we just read, Marks of the True Christian. And these verses read like a, like a how-to manual about how to avoid the bad side and certainly the ugliness of our group affiliations. Paul says, outdo one another in showing honor. He says, bless those who persecute you. 
He says, live in harmony with one another. Live peaceably with all. Never avenge yourselves. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Really high standards, (laughs) but very practical advice of what the Christian life looks like in action. In West Side Story, the marks of the true Christian are not on display. In fact, uh, in West Side Story, the, the group affiliations that have the power to be good turn bad and then ugly. The sharks and the jets do not play by Paul's rules. The iconic song, Somewhere, is sung by Rita Marino's character in the 2021 remake. McKenna's actually going to sing it for the offertory. But in the, in the musical and the original movie version, it's sung as a duet with Tony and Maria. The lyrics uh, dream of the time when this young couple is no longer constrained by their restrictive, by their respective group identities. Uh, They dream of a place where they're no longer limited by the groups they've been born into and the ones they've chosen for themselves. We'll find a new way of living, Tony sings. We'll find a way of forgiving, Maria sings. The Christian faith offers both of those paths for us, of course. In the end, as he and Maria try to escape, Tony, too, is consumed by the ugliness. And in the original movie version, um, confronting both gangs at the scene of Tony's death, Maria says, all of you, you all killed him and my brother and Riff, not with bullets or guns, but with hate. Holding the gun in her hand, she says, well, now I can kill too, because now I have hate. Shakespeare wrote a tragedy, after all, and they don't call it a tragedy for nothing. But then it seems to me that that it's a tragedy anytime anyone hates another simply because they don't like the group that they're in or fears another or suspects another or discriminates against another because of the groups that we choose or the groups that we're born into. In a world with too much hate and too much fear and too much suspicion and too much discrimination, the group that defines our identity as Christians insists that we model a better way. Jesus Christ calls us into community and in his gospel there is no room for hate. Instead, as the hands and feet of Christ in the world, we're called to heed the words of the Apostle Paul who says, if it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May it be so. Amen.